0: Before we get started with this episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, a couple things to talk to you about. First, FanshareSports.com. They've been a great partner to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Their ownership projections are outstanding. They've added more and more great blog content over there. They just have awesome stuff at FanshareSports.com. They're they're the best in, in golf. They've got football they've crushed forever. They're adding basketball this year. Tons of great stuff over there at fansharesports.com. And if you want to try them out, use promo code always press. One word, always press, all lowercase, one word. Get you 20% off the package of your choice. Go over to fansharesports.com, promo code always press. Also, if you're new to Superdraft, go try them out. Great way to play daily fantasy sports. They play different than the rest, there's no prices. You play who you want, it's up to you. It's an exclusive multiplier point system. The bigger the risk, the more points you can possibly gain. It's tons and tons of fun. When you create your account, use promo code Bubba to get you started there. You can create your account without even depositing. Just use promo code Bubba, play all the free events you want, then then make a deposit and get a free $10 first-time deposit bonus by using promo code Bubba. They introduced basketball on this Monday. They have hockey, golf, baseball, football, so much awesome stuff going over there at Super Draft. Promo code Bubba gets you started when you create that account. Last but not least, if you leave a rating or review on iTunes, we'd much appreciate it. would help the podcast out a ton. But for now, welcome to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2019 CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. All right,
1: I'm ready to show.
0: And welcome back everybody to another episode of the always pressing PGA DFS week previewing the CJ cup at nine bridges, a great tournament, 78 golfers, no cuts, just the way we like it. You can find all our content at always pressing, always press DFS on Twitter or at fantasy DGENs. I'm on Twitter at BD Intric and my coast. as always. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man?
1: Doing well, how are you?
0: Not too shabby, not too shabby. It's another day. Uh fun little golf tournament over the weekend. Not sure if you watched much of it or if you didn't, but uh good old Lanto getting it done over there in Houston.
1: Yeah, I had to turn it on uh for the last couple of holes there and just watch uh him and Hubbard battle down the stretch there. But uh yeah, Lanto, man. It's actually Lanto. Did you know that? Like Lawn, like like, oh, that's, that's how a, they were saying it on the broadcast.
0: That's not as and
1: fun. No, I, I, I mean like my country accent, like really will not let me get to Lanto very well, but Lanto, um, you know, I, I think we'll stick with that, but either way, man, he looked good, dude. He looks solid. And you know, if you've been following uh, along the last couple of weeks, he was just trending that direction, just getting better and better every week and finally gets it done. That was a pretty cool moment there at the end when he made that, three or four or five footer or whatever he had in the last hole. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just broke down. So
0: pretty Yeah. Much the putty made on, the, I think it was 16 or 17 for the birdie. That was impressive. Hubbard played great. You had Harrington in his story. He played great. It was just all around um, craziness when it came to the uh, the end of that tournament. And then watching the emotion go out there, you had um, you know, Lanto do his thing. And now you got Lonto stuck in my head. It's horrible. (laughs) But um, yeah, it it was just fun to watch a guy we were all over throughout the week. Overall, I I thought it was a pretty good week. It was some ugly golf. It was some weird golf. But all in all, in a field of basically our cornies and a little bit more, it turned out pretty good. But do you have any other takeaways from the Houston Open? I enjoy tournaments like that because we get to see these guys kind of break through and get their feet wet uh, near the top of the leaderboard.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, it, it it was tilting from some. I mean, especially this the Suture deal, dude. Like we got to talk about Suture for just a second. So the guy shoots two over on uh, Thursday, and I think the cut ended up being even because the even part. weather, even part. weather blew in and uh, made the conditions a lot more difficult than than what they were the previous couple of days. And so, anyways, long story short, on Suture just went off the absolute rails. Um 14 over par for an 86 on Friday uh, to finish basically DFL for the guys who didn't WD. I think he beat those guys and that's about it. Um, But just an epic performance. Like I've I've never seen somebody, he was birdie free. He had two doubles, um, had more bogeys than pars. uh, And he was like 25% owned, which just blows my effing mind. Like had I known suture was going to be that high owned, 0.0% Zero point zero percent chance I play him. Um, I don't pay as much attention to ownership in these events, um, and maybe that is a uh, something that I need to, to start doing to see where the buzz <laughs> level is at. Because I guess everybody was on Suture last week, and uh, just an utter bomb of a bomb of the most epic bombs ever.
0: Yeah, I knew Suture was was popular. I didn't think he'd be that popular. We rarely ever see even the popular guys sub 7k be that popular like, Right. it was it was it was like even like i can't remember what event it been. There was a recent one i can't remember what it was it was probably sanderson or something we all liked some guy below 6k and he still came in at like 6% like you can live with that right <laughs> super right. Sucre, Sucre was what 26 27% it was insane i mean
1: dude it was the uh, i've i just it blew me away whenever i first saw it i'll pull it up here but i just never expected that to even be in the realm of possibility um he was well eh, so 17 percent, 16 percent, 19 percent eight dollar 44 555 now i was in the 33 single and i think he was like 25 in that but he was still top let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine he was top 10 known
0: <laughs> i mean which with sub 7k is pretty darn yeah. high he had six. I think what it was points, dude. I think what it was is a, a tournament like that with you know not as many big name values. People know his story, know his uh, what he can do at that price point. I know Mayo was talking him up. He got the Mayo bump, so I think it might have been stuff like that. And we saw a lot of high ownership. Like Lanto was high owned. Uh, Shelton yeah. was high owned. you got missed the cut? You had Scheffler high owned. Some of these big boys uh, got there, but you know a lot of the expensive guys Burger. Um, stenson a lot of these these five digit guys didn't make the cut so it was a weird week i loved it five of six is pretty much cashed everywhere we saw a guy in the slack chat four or six another week where it was like five percent or less six of sixes it's it's interesting it's tilting for some but honestly i think it makes it a little more fun because in the old days if you had a five or six you were already shooting dead now you you never know the guy is going on the weekend you might at least mend cash and and keep you going so, it doesn't completely destroy your lineup. So, I'm kind of a fan of
1: that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I did cash. I had one, I played one lineup, but in the 33 single, and that was, and that was it for the weekend. Molly Miscut was, was suture. And then, of course, Atlanto and, and, uh, Harris English, who played really well, got on to Denny McCarthy just because he kind of fit price wise. Munoz battled back pretty well or didn't. On Sunday 500 completely, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then Brian Gay in there. Um, so I had five of six, it ended up cashing. Totally happy with that after the six point I mean, literally six fucking points from playing thirty-six holes,
0: dude. Yep. No, it was literally like I was uh I was talking to the Slack chat a lot. I had three five of sixes, they all got there. I had two of them finish um like one was like forty fifth ish and one was like fifty ninth, and that was with five of sixes. it's like the what could have been moments. One had Suker and one had Shelton. The other miscut I had was Wierowinski, um, which was another baffling one to me. But a lot of Hubbard. I had Atlanta across the board 100%. It was a good week overall. I, so I, I kind of like those fields because I think people have pay attention more to golf, not saying we're experts by any means, but the fact that we talk about it every week and pay attention, it gives us a better feel on some of these guys than uh, you know just your random golf fans who were going to play this week because we got a lot of big names at the CJ Cup. Right. Let's go, CJ Cup third time at the nine bridges golf course. Why don't you give us some past history at the yeah, It'll be
1: Club. uh, that'd be real, real quick and, and short and sweet here. Uh, last year, Brooks Kepka, big game hunter. Um, mm-hmm. he won the 1.7. This, this tournament pays $1.775 million to first place. I'm surprised we don't have more names. Like when I saw the field, I thought I fully expected there to be more, more dudes, uh, in the top 10, but, Anyway, uh, the year before that, Justin Thomas was your champion. So Brooks shot 21 under, won by four shots over Gary Woodland. and then. But the year before, Justin Thomas shot nine under and won in a playoff over Mark Leishman. So where exactly this is going to fall is kind of up in there. I guess it, it's weather-dependent.
0: Yep. Yep, it's very weather-dependent. It's Like you said, I, this is where we really started run. I know many others have said it, I'm not claiming we're the first to say it, but it was this tournament on the podcast last year where we really – made a point, big game hunter, Brooks Koepka. This is one where, like, okay, if he's flying all the way over here, it's for a reason, and he he kicked butt. I think it was, like, early in the tournament. It was windy, I think, the first day. Leishman had the lead, shot really well on the opening round, and then Brooks just curb stomped the place after that. It was just the Brooks Koepka show, and a lot of it has to do with the golf course. The club at nine bridges, you're hit, you're, you will hear all the bridges jokes. There's, like, eight bridges in the ninths you know, fantasy one in your in the sky or some some metaphorical, metaphorical yeah, yeah, metaphorical bridge out there. It's in Juju Island, South Korea, high elevation, close to Mount Hala. I might have mispronounced that. I apologize, but uh, it, it's a beautiful golf course. Resembles a lot of like the Hawaiian courses you see. It's a par seventy two, just a little less than seventy two hundred yards. So when you factor in altitude, it's a short course. It's very there's a lot of short par fours, some short par fives. If, it's, if the wind's not too crazy, these guys can attack it and they can make things happen. So there's there's a lot to like with this course. Like you said, very, very wind dependent. There's five water hazards out there off the tee to keep in mind. Um, the fairways are rather wide. If you're accurate off the tee, you can bombs away as long as you're accurate. Like I said, wide fairways gives you some luxury. There are some dog legs and whatnot, but there's definitely some holes they can attack. Um, they, they, they say there's like two sets of holes. The front nine, they call it the creek course. Lots of creeks and trees and kind of, you know, pretty inland type feel. And then when you get to the back nights, the Highlands course, there's meadows and lakes and deep bunkers. It's kind of two different ways to play golf throughout this golf course. But it's an American built golf course, like a very American feel over in South Korea. The guys love it. Again, not too windy. You can rock and roll. Right now they're saying what the wind's going to be about 15 miles an hour or less, which should not be an issue for these guys. They should be able to take this course to town. The only thing that might come into play, gonna be a little chilly. I'm not great with math, but they're saying about 20 degrees Celsius. I think that's like what 70s ish, low 60s. I have no idea. Could be totally wrong. Could be talking out of my rear end right now. But I, I don't think it's gonna be that warm. Is what it comes down to over there in Korea. So that could help, Could affect the 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 uh, bombing quite a bit. But if these guys are accurate, they should feast. They should have birdies for days, bent grass greens, pretty good sized greens, not super fast, about 10 and a half on the stump. So it's going to be a putting contest. And if if these guys are wedging it in like they could be, like we saw JT the first year and seeing some of these other guys, like Ryan Palmer shot 10 under one day. Uh, Gary Woodland was, was rolling here, I believe it was last year also, kind of lost it in the final round as we talked about in the recap pod. Scoring is to be had here. Birdies will be a plenty, so it'll be fun to watch. What stats are you looking at this week, Jesse?
1: Um, a, a lot of the you know usual stuff: greens and regulation, uh, driving distance, more than accuracy. Scrambling around here is is big time. Um, I'm not sure that. I mean, like, so as far as like birdie or better or bogey avoidance, I think you can kind of weigh them equally. Um, I think it'll be probably more difficult than it was last year, so you might go bogey over. More so than than Birdie. Um but, you know, just along the same lines there, just kind of weather dependent. Like you said, twenty degrees Celsius Celsius is roughly sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit. So boom. If it's in the twenties, you know, you were close.
0: Yep. Sometimes you get lucky. Yep. So yeah, it'll be chilly. It'll be chilly nonetheless and see how that plays out but yeah it's gonna be a fun one i I actually enjoy this one i like west coast golf because it's perfect timing right in the afternoon early evening this one's like literally late night for you it's really late night for me it's like you know i've done with dinner probably doing another podcast i'll put it on the background and i just get to watch golf till i go to bed it's it's pretty nice (laughs) i so for those keeping track at home it starts around six eastern on wednesday night so make sure you get to lock in early on that one Couple fan share notes before we get going, guys. Coming in in good form in this field, last six events, the leading DraftKings scorer is Victor Hovland at ninety six DK points. You got Matt Wolf, JT Sunjay, Morikawa, Brooks, Neiman, Varner, and Fleetwood are your top DK scorers in the last six events in this field. A couple other things to take a look at here: guys that playing on bent grass green that like it a lot. Matthew Wolf in his last four events on bent grass, is averaging almost hundred DK points. Uh, Victor Hovland, about 93, Morikawa, 92, Matsuyama, JT, Putnam, Hadwin, Fleetwood, all very, very good as well. I did not see Patrick Reed in the field, but he keeps showing up on fan share. So if he's in the field, he's rating well on all of these, but I don't think he's playing this week. Um, and then the other thing to look at, the two events here at the at Nine Bridges, Brooks Kepka obviously won it. Palmer played here once, got a 107. JT's played here both times. He's averaging over 101 DK points. Cam Smith played here twice, 92. Leishman, 92. RCB, 92. Jason Day, 91. So there's some guys that love this golf course. And then last but not least, guys with good course history and good form coming in Justin Thomas, Cam Smith, makes sense what we just talked about. But Luke List is another one that stands out on that one quite a bit. So be interesting to see how that all works out. If you want to go check out Fanshare Sports, they just introduced basketball, they have football, they have golf. Use promo code always. Press all one word, lowercase letters, to get you what you need over there. Twenty percent off the package of your choice. With all that mumbling done, let's talk DraftKings, Jesse. And it's funny in a seventy-eight golfer field, we have seven golfers at ten K or above. Seven: Justin Thomas eleven seven, Brooks eleven four, Matsuyama ten seven, Hovland ten five, Fleetwood ten three, Morikawa ten one, and Spieth at ten thousand what are you doing up here
1: um i i I don't know which i don't know what to do with jt like either he's going to be not owned or super popular um obviously past winter here fourth place finish at the safeway which has been his only start in the fall uh so i think he's fine i mean obviously from a stats perspective he's been hitting it well and i think he's totally fine i personally i think i'd rather go with with hovland or or fleetwood hovland's never been here fleetwood just is just insane dude 11th 10th 4th 16th 13th 13th in his last whatever starts 54th if you go back to the traverse championship i mean the dude's just a top 15 machine basically um which at this price you know if he gets inside the top 15 he's not necessarily going to pay off unless he just makes a bunch of birdies and bogeys but you know i also do think he'll be popular so anyway i, I like i like Hovland and then fleetwood man i i, I think he's an interesting pivot off of hoveland um coming off a of fifth-place finish at the at that Alfred Dunhill links. He's never played here. Uh, but he tends, for some reason, I just feel like he tends to do well at places where Brooks also plays well. Maybe that's just because of the U.S. Open a couple years ago when he made a late charge. Um, but anyways, I think he's an interesting pivot off of Hovland. I think more call was found, too. I mean, you can, play, I think, play all these guys, but those would be my kind of three that I would be focusing on. More so Hovland and, and Fleetwood.
0: And that's what's fun about this range is you can play pretty much all of them. Uh, you can take gambles on the 6K guys if you want to go stars and scrubs because there's no cut. Like there's really some interesting ways to build this week, obviously. You want birdie machines. I'm real curious to see come, you know, I don't I don't know if to start early if we'll get it Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning fan shares projected ownership. So I'll we'll have to keep an eye on that because this can be a fun way to kind of differentiate yourself straight up top because all these guys are really good, as you said. At first glance, if I'm not worried about ownership, I know he's expensive as hell. But JT at 11.7, the way he plays on this course, the way he finished the year in good form, I like him. He loves coming back here because he loves this course. He's talked great about it. Obviously, he's won at once. Why wouldn't you love it? The price tag's great up here. Um, I think JT at 11.7 is a ton of fun. I think Hideki at 10.7 between Brooks and Hovland. I think Hovland might be a little popular. I love his play. Like When it comes to birdie machines, it's a great choice. I think Adecu interesting at 107. Very very interesting up in this price range on a shorter course where you can wedge it in and a good approach game. It's always the putter with him, but if it's, you know, uh, not like softer, not as fast greens, I think Matsuyama could play here at 107, be very very interesting. And then I had Fleetwood as well at 103. I am a big fan of him. He's always that guy that gets overlooked in this range like you were saying. He can get birdies and bunches. We've seen him go 800 in rounds all the time. He, has, he always has that one round where Jeff, Jesse and I get frustrated because he just disappears. Like, what the hell just happened, Tommy? And that's yeah. why he doesn't win tournaments. But he has, like, three rounds where he crushes it. If he has the bad round early, it doesn't matter. Finish strong. He could put up some serious points out here. So I'm with you on Fleetwood. I think he could be a fun one. And I think everyone wants the Morikawas, the hobblins, the young fun kids. Fleetwood might go super low. I think Fleetwood and Matsuyama go really low on up here. That's just my, my two cents. So you could have some fun in this 10K and above range. For me right now, it's Thomas, Matsuyama, and Fleetwood. But as you said, you can make arguments for anybody, Murakawa and above. I will not play Jordan Speed at 10K. I don't care what he does this week. I will not play him at $10,000. Just not happening. No. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that price tag surprised me, to be honest with you. Um, in the 9K range, fun range here, you got Sanjay, who we talk about it a lot. He's a birdie machine. He's made for events like this. Price tag's a little steep, but he is made for events like this. 9700 bucks, Sanjay M. Uh, he's actually, is, I believe he's a CJ sponsor as well. Uh, they sponsor him as well. So something to keep in mind there. You got RCB at 96. Great finish here last year. Jason Day, who loves playing here. Gary Woodland, Billy Ho, Leishman, who's on everybody's tongue already. Garcia and Cam Smith. couple of guys I really like in this range. Who are you targeting, Jesse?
1: Uh, I'll start with Sergio. He's never played here, um, but he's coming off a seventh place finish in Spain. And then, he won the KLM Open, which was uh, roughly a month ago. Um, so he's playing really well at this point. And that price is – it seems like it's a little bit too low to me. Um, other than that, I think Sung is fine. Uh, he'll be popular. So if you want to kind of pivot off of him, I think RCB is a is a totally fine pivot. Third here last year, 11th the year before. So he has played – he's been around here a bunch. Um, and coming off a second-place finish in Spain. Uh, so those would be my like two main plays. I think Billy Horschel is okay. Um, you know, he still got me blocked on Twitter. So,
0: you know, wait, I, wait, I, wait! I didn't know about this. What did you get blocked for?
1: Uh, back in the day, I think uh, like when when a buddy and I first started the account, like we were just tilting over him. We never added him. Like you know, at Billy Horschel, him. But oh, um, so he he was on his own. But so he was like he found ser- you. Yeah, he like searched it like uh, where we were calling him billy broke dick i think well, uh, sometimes he so, deserves that <laughs> so he still has been blocked on twitter so i have to go to my other account if if anybody ever retweets his shit i have to go to my other account
0: and look at it so anyway well that okay then i don't feel so bad because i hate people that if you're gonna at someone it better be words of encouragement when people at guys that have a bad round or something you're like the the low of twitter like I said, it
1: was it was kind of early on. Like I don't, I wouldn't do that anymore. But that was kind
0: of like the early no, but Twitter for us, and you didn't. But we still add didn't add him. Yeah, you're still. Right. Say, I said mean, you just said Billy Ho. That's that's him going on tilt to find you. That's yeah. that's on him. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Because right. we all say things like, oh, like you know, especially with baseball, I talk crap about all kinds of guys. I'm like not like viciously, but they say things that might get people a little angry. But when you at them, that's when it's like, okay, you've gone too far. So right. uh, if they go and find you. That's because they got some of their own issues inside. Sorry, back to your nine (laughs) K targets. I just thought that (laughs) was hilarious. Like that's news to me. I'm done. On to you. Okay, I love Sunjay ninety seven. If you guys didn't pick up on that already, he's a birdie machine, like a birdie monster. He has those really frustrating holes at times, but uh, I'm a big fan of a guy like Sunjay at ninety seven hundred bucks. Finished forty one here last year, but coming in in Sunjay type form, you got RCB who I people should know by now. I'm a big RCB fan. Finished second two weeks ago in the Euro Tour, second 61-6th, playing good golf. Finished third here last year, 11th the season before. Played well on this course. Good price tag there for RCB. Gary Woodland as well at 94. I like him coming into this one. I know it was kind of a rocky go after the U.S. Open. He finished 55th a couple weeks ago. I believe that was at the Safeway, if I'm correct. Um, but then second here last year, 40th the year before. Played really, really well here last year. Kind of jump start to a season success. Could be a guy that you could sneak in with. Leishman's very popular. But the other guy I like a ton is Cam Smith. This is the guy we rode a lot last year. Kind of finished the year a little shaky. Finished 13th two weeks ago at the Euro Tour. Seventh place and third place in the last two years here at this tournament. So really, really good course history at this event. I can definitely get behind that. So if I got to narrow it down, I'd go MRCB and Smith to be my top three here. But I don't mind some Woodland as well. I think there's a lot to like there with our boy Gary. Probably lower ownership because people might still be tilted about him in a no cut event. I'll take that gamble. 8K range. You got the red hot Danny Will at 89. You got Matt Wolf, Neiman, Nah, Putnam, Benion, Ches Reeve, Tyrell Hatton, Lucas Glover, Fratelli in this 8K range. Real quick, did you see the video of Tyrell Hatton's fiance slamming the porter potty in a swing? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. That was quality stuff. There's almost more qualities. Why was no one following him playing golf? But. That's a whole other question. Um, who do you like in the 8K range? Uh,
1: start up top there with uh, with Matthew Wolf. I think he's a really good play at 8,800. Uh, Danny Willett as well. I mean, 8,900. He's playing a lot, lot better golf than he was even this time last year when he finished 23rd at this event. Um, he's he's got a win this fall, uh, 26th and 18th place finish uh, in succession there since his win. Just. Um, just hitting the ball really well, eighty nine hundred dollars, totally fine with him. Uh, and then Ches Revy at eighty three hundred as well, seventh here last year, fifteenth the year before. Um, coming off a miscut at the Shriners uh, a week ago, two weeks ago I guess. Now I'm not really super worried about that, so I think he's fine, eighty three hundred, and is is interesting. It, just given kind of his play, he's played well around here, and he tends to when he goes back to places, you know, kind of repeat that. Uh, for all you course history truthers out there, it's kind of what we well look at with him. But uh, those would be my three, Willett, Wolf, and, and Reevy in this range.
0: Yeah, I'm a big Willett fan this week as well. You know, last year or so, it's been taking a little while to get going. But 18th, 26th, first, the last three events he's played in. 23rd here last year, I got no problem going to Danny Willett to $8,900. bucks. Uh, i with you on that one. Andrew Putnam in 85 is an interesting one to me. He's a guy that can get birdies in bunches. Uh, No-cut events can be okay. He finished 29th here last year, 18th and 21st so far on the fall swing. Like I said, birdies and bunches, no cuts. Putnam at 85. Could be a low-owned low, home, low owned guy to take a peek at. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, I, I always enjoy Hatton when he's in good form. Leaked 18th last week, 15th. The event before that, uh, finished 14th here last year. So really good stuff there with Tyrell. And then last but not least, you mentioned the Ches Revy at eighty three hundred bucks. I am a big fan of this. You mentioned course history. Yeah, seventh, fifteenth. Did miss that cut, but uh I'll go back to Revy and I know Cut Event at that price point. a uh, lot to like there. So it's eight K range as usual. Really, really uh plush spot to to pick our poisons. All right, seven K range. Do the whole seven K range. Who are you targeting here?
1: Yeah, start with, with Pat Perez. Um he withdrew last week and did you hear what it happened? was? First, I I didn't. Did you hear
0: something? Yes, I didn't realize it. Then talking with my buddy who listens to Pat Perez's radio show on SiriusXM, Pat was saying that Sunday of the Shriners, because he was going in that Sunday, like in second or third or whatever, that morning he slipped and fell in the shower. He oh, played the round, and he finished like half the round and started stiffening him up on the back nine. He flew to Houston because he needed to keep you know working on his game but he basically didn't play any practice rounds, didn't play any um, of the pro-am stuff, basically said he was going to show up Thursday morning, hit some golf balls. If he felt like he would play, obviously he didn't feel okay. A, thanks for the reporting, people. That's outstanding. Like, no one mentions this. But B, that's what it was. It was his back. I don't know what condition it's in right now. I'd imagine that flight to, to Korea is not great for the back, so I'd hope it's good if he made the flight, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, so I had heard... A- like on the official, like PGA tour deal, it was withdrew with back deal with his back or whatever is, his back issues. But then I also saw a tweet where basically he was saying that somebody was saying that he withdrew so he could go to, he could get a head start on going to Korea. So I'm surprised a, that he withdrew that late. And then B, yes, that scares the shit out of me flying. What is it? 12 hours or so I'm, I would imagine to get to Korea from here. From in California, you
0: flew, you flew from Houston, so yeah, pretty good flight. So
1: maybe fourteen hours. Um, but anyways, he's—I mean, his course history here is really good. Seventh and fifth, and then obviously has the had a really good showing at the Shriners. Um, I mean, if you want to risk it in GPPs, obviously if he if he withdraws at all, but I, I would imagine that he wouldn't make the trip all the way over there if he wasn't going to try to at least play. So I mean, super sketchy play GPP only, maybe large field GPP only. But anyways, Pat Perez, Scott Piercy, um, you know, his form coming in is not great. Missed cut 67th in his last two starts. He did finish top 20 at the Greenbrier this fall, but finished fifth here last year. So I think he's interested in Phil Mickelson, dude, $7,300, no, no cut event. Um, He actually tweeted about how you know, he was flying over there and bored, so he's definitely going. <laughs> uh, but it's seventy three hundred dollars in a no cut event, man. I I'll take Phil. Uh, he did make the cut last time out after you know, it's just is he's, he's not he's I know he's whatever he's doing, he's continuing to work on it. Eventually it's gonna like he's gonna figure some shit out and like play well. So why not be on him at a no cut event for seventy three hundred dollars when he's priced down here with answer and griot and Palmer and you know McDowell you know what I'm saying like I'll take Phil
0: yeah the upside is definitely there there's no hiding that at all and the Cav shows in Korea could probably be probably be strong Get they're they're gonna want to see some Phil so I I can see that being appealing anybody else in the 7k range that's it man all right I think Sabs is interesting at 79 coming in in uh off a good week on the Euro tour finishing a lovely where do they have 10th place after a miscut prior to that. Never played here before, though, but GPP relevant. Uh, Poulter has finished 10th and 15th here, but coming in in a very shady form, but very much a course history guy. I don't mind some Poults at 77. That's a guy we know likes certain courses, so I will go with course history there with Poults at 77. CH3 is interesting at 76. Uh, he's played here a couple times, 61st and 19th, coming in at the 68th and a 4th at the Safeway. I'd rather have Poulter, but CH3, if you're looking for, I don't know, a mid – you want upside in a no-cut event, but you never know with CH3. I'd probably rather have Poulter for sure. Piercy is that GPP upside guy. We talk about it all the time. Now with no-cut play, finished fifth year last year like you said, I, I think he's a very, very intriguing play at 7,400 bucks. In that same vein, Abraham answer. he's missed two straight cuts, but you know, at the end of the season, no-cut events on the FedEx Cup, 21st, 28th, 2nd. Finished 73rd here last year. Maybe he just, you know, early fall swing wasn't working. I don't know. The talent level is better than the way he's been playing. He's going to go super low on because of the missed cuts. I think Answer at 74 is an interesting pivot as well. And then the last guy I'll mention because it's a no-cut event, Luke List at 7K. 28th last week, 13th year, uh, the week before. Finished fifth here when he played two years ago. Totally a guy that he strikes the ball very well. Can he putt? We don't know. But a guy like Luke List at five thousand or at seven thousand dollars, that could be an interesting boomer bust type play as well. So seven K range, I like I like the plays above better. Obviously, that's why they're priced higher. But you can differentiate yourself in a seven K range pretty well. All right, six K range in a no cut event, you can take some gambles. Who are you liking down here?
1: Uh, start at six thousand seven hundred with Adam Long. Never played here, uh, but has been playing some really good golf this fall. 23rd, 23rd, 14th in his last three starts and during this fall swing. So, I like Adam at 67. Kiridek at 65, no-cut event. Um, he did play a golf tournament here, I'm maybe a Korean tour event or something, in 2013. He finished fourth. Uh, two straight missed cuts. I mean, the guy's maybe not playing that well, but, again, no-cut event. Uh, he can show up at, at random times. And then two kind of just, like, super deep, like if you're wanting to go – with some local flavor. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce these names. It's just not going to happen. So I'm just going to call this first guy K Moon at uh, $6,100. I guess he's been playing well on the Korean tour. Um, And then K H Lee or K J Lee, um, H, sorry, H J Lee, not K H. Getting a little confused there. He has played this tournament twice, 60th, uh, 2017 and uh, seventy third in twenty eighteen, um, and again, no, they're just a Korean tour guys. They're just their their stats are decent for I guess the Korean tour or whatever. So if you're super deep, way down here, those would be the the plays. But otherwise, you know, I'd stick with not playing with those guys and and going with you Kierdeck know, like and Adam Long.
0: Yeah, I like the Long call quite a bit. I had him written down here, like you said, coming in good form. We've seen him get birdies at times and get going. I don't hate that at all. At sixty seven couple other guys we know can play well when they're rocking and rolling. A CJ Cup sponsor himself, uh, Siwoo Kim, has my attention. 23rd here last year, 44th the year before. A guy that when he gets going, gets going. Otherwise, he could go off the rails real quick. So I don't mind Siwoo. Keith Mitchell, another bomber at 6600 bucks. that if he's putting well, can get really, really interesting. So those two come into play. Uh, and then the last one – or two more, actually – C.T. Pan at 66 um, is another um, player that has performed well here. 23rd and a 47th coming in in shaky form, but no cut event, course history. And last but not least, another um, Wee Kim, 72nd and then 4th here. He's 6,200 bucks. The only reason I'm mentioning him. I probably won't go down here at all, but if you want to just uber punt on a no cut event with the guy that's finished 4th of this tournament, Wee Kim could be your guy but I, I'd prefer Siwoo, Long, Mitchell, Pan. Those four would be kind of where I'd be hanging out in the 6K range. It's uh, it's sketchy, as you'd expect in this tournament, especially with all the Korean players down there that kind of got the, the the thankful thanks for coming invites as well. All right, recapping the 10K and above, Jesse, who's your number one target up here?
1: Uh, 10K and above, I'm going to go with uh, Ho- Hovland.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say JT. I know it's Captain Obvious. He's a high-priced guy, but I think he's a – Solid, solid play this week. I know it's Captain Obvious stuff, though. Uh, if, I, if I don't go Captain Obvious, I'd say Fleetwood. All right, 9K, give me two guys.
1: Sergio and, uh, and RCB.
0: I'm going to go, since you took RCB, I like him. I'll go M and Cam Smith. 8K range, give me two guys.
1: Uh, 8K, I'm going to go with uh, Wolf
0: and then Reevee. I'll go Willett and, and Revi as well. I'll take Revi also. Seven uh, K, two guys.
1: Phil, hundred percent. And then, um, man, I just really want to play Pat Perez, but the fucking back thing.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe there'll be some new news that comes out. Hopefully, one of these days we will get like beat reporters that actually report things. But nope, no. no. It's it's the worst. I don't know how that doesn't happen, but when he, maybe someone needs to listen to a serious XM show this week. I don't know. That might that might help. So Pat Perez and who else?
1: Uh Phil.
0: Phil, that's right. Uh, for me, I'll take Poulter and Luke List. List at 7K. I'll go List. 6K. Give me give me your top 6K guy.
1: Uh Adam Long.
0: I like that long call quite a bit. I'll go Siwo Kim at 68. Got two guys, Long and Kim, who have won on the PGA tour. Just think about that. They're going with guys that haven't won before. Um, all right. We got the recap done. We're not going to do cash game plays. No cut event. That's the rule. Don't play cash on no cut events. You know (laughs) know the rules there. But uh, GPP-wise, give me three guys you'd like to start your GPP lineup out with.
1: Uh, I'll go with uh, Phil for sure. So Phil is definitely on the GPP. I think Matt Wolf should be in there. And then Sergio now. Super sketch GPP, Pat Perez.
0: Yep. I see the Perez appeal. I 100% see it. If we find out he's healthy, I, I have no problem with that at all. So, I get it. I get it for sure. For me, GPP, Sun, J.M., Cam Smith, Tyrell Hatton, go get him. Go get him, Tiger. All right, picks to win. Let me let me to find Pat Perez for you.
1: No, I, I I would not bet Pat Perez to win. Um, you I you know I'd put him on a team, but you know I wouldn't bet him to win. I mean I'm sure he's super deep. Odds there. What about uh, what you got on on uh, Matt Wolf?
0: Matt Wolf is coming in at forty to
1: one. Yeah, I think that's I I, I like those odds myself. Um, and then that's it. I mean, it's it's, it's it's
0: yeah. I was thinking I got Willett, Cam Smith, are both thirty five, and Tyrell Hatton were forty five. Those three guys, the the odds are they drop off real quick after about the 50-ish, like more than normal weeks. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But final thoughts this week, Jesse, as we have a no-cut event. You know, we've missed these so, so much. Any final thoughts for the listeners?
1: I don't. Uh, it's, you know, it is a no-cut event, seven whatever guys starting. So, you know, if you want to chill a little bit, I totally understand.
0: Yeah, I was really looking forward to, to picking up Steam after last week and then I saw the no cut event. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. I'll end up probably still playing my three lineups like always, but I definitely I, I hate it because you can get screwed on some stupid stuff late in the week. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, but it's always fun. If you have any questions or anything, hit us up in the Slack chat. Fancy DJ in Slack chat just ask us for an invite. It's free, as always. So go check that out. Check out Super Draft. Uh, go go get that fun stuff going on. The contests are supposed to be ramping back up again. They got basketball starting up, so they'll get going there again shortly. But until next time, find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Intric in the podcast at Always Press DFS. This was the preview for the 2019 CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. Catch you guys later. The show